That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're looking to quit drinking or cut back on your drinking, we have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there. It's up hundreds of men all over the country. Quit drinking alcohol. Become better fathers, better husbands, better leaders in their community. And uh, we have lots of great resources, more podcasts. You can find all that by going to thatsoberguy.com. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Shout out to Humans Music. Always love to support those guys. So if you love the intro music, man, check those guys out. They got some great jams all the way from Canada. And speaking of greatness, I have a great guest for you today. Uh, His name is Todd Crandall. And uh, Todd is a regular guest speaker for school districts, jail systems, detention centers, uh, treatment facilities, organizations, businesses all over the place nationwide. Uh, And someone who's been through the depths of despair, he's battled addiction, uh, contemplated suicide, destroyed relationships with uh, with family, with friends, um, and then did the work uh, that it takes to uh, to recover and to go into recovery and to make some changes in in, in his life. Um, and uh, Todd forms a strong, uh, unique connection with his audience, and then his company, Racing for Recovery, uh, has expanded to public speaking. Um, they speak at triathlons, co- uh, athletic departments, fitness institutions, all kinds of good stuff. And, uh, we're going to get into that, uh, today and hear a bit about Todd's story, uh, how he kind of got to where he is today. And then, um, and, and of course we're going to talk about some fitness stuff too. I know that's a huge part of my, uh, my own recovery. And I definitely, uh, encourage those out there to stay physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, fit in all aspects of life, uh, you know, to, to the best of your ability. So, um, Todd, it's it's really great to have you on the podcast today. Uh, we've been uh, kind of scheduled this for a minute, and I'm really happy to connect with you. So how are you doing today, and welcome to the show. I'm doing good, but it's, I can tell this is going to be a good one. I loved your intro uh, thing. That was very cool, man. <laughs> yep, this will be good. Yeah, th- no, thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it, that you know, always gets me pumped up, and a lot of people ask uh, – Oh man, you're still doing the podcast. We're actually coming up on 10 years in April of that sober guy and that sober guy podcast. So it's pretty exciting. And they go, Oh, how long are you going to do this for? And I said, man, as long as I'm having fun and I'm able able to help some people and talk to some great people and and keep being of service, then there it is. So, um, appreciate that. And, uh, um, so you're in Arizona, is that correct? I'm in Toledo, Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Why did I think Arizona? Totally off there. Um, Ohio. But I, I did Ironman Arizona a couple times and I love it out there. So Arizona is cool. It's just not home for me. Got it. Got it. Maybe that's where I was mixed up in. Yeah. Because that's quite a different, uh, uh, weather climate as well from Ohio. I've never been, but my father-in-law went to uh, college there and he always talks about how dang cold it was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, good stuff. Sorry. I take a sip there. Um, so getting into, uh, a little bit about your background. Um, you know, where, where did this, uh, you know, where did this journey kind of start for you, Todd? Um, give us a little background about yourself. So those listening can, can get to know you a bit. Well, I'll start with this, uh, as a licensed professional clinical counselor, um, who does work with, you know, 
individual counseling, family counseling, all the stuff that I'm privileged to do at Racing for Recovery, I've realized 100% that people who are battling addiction are doing so because of some type of trauma that they they experienced that they weren't quite sure how to cope with, Mm. that then they self-medicated with drugs and there the life falls apart. I think that's one thing in the treatment world we really need to understand. It's more than telling somebody to quit drinking and go to some support groups and everything will be okay. That's like, uh, that's one, that's one piece of a pizza and I want the whole pizza. Right. So for me, where this started and eventually led to what I'm fortunate enough to do today, my mom killed herself when I was three from her drug addiction. Uh, My uncle killed himself later on from his drug addiction. He was on his way to um, Ohio state was in medical school and killed himself from his choice to get involved in psychedelics. And then my aunt, she killed herself because of a food addiction. So four, there was four kids in my mom's family and three of them killed themselves because of some form of self-destruction. And even the surviving aunt had a lot of food issues as well. So one would, one would pose the question, well, what the heck was going on in that family? you know, what help didn't get had and so forth. So for me, that's where, that's where really my life started on the addiction journey. Mm. It definitely caused me to feel inadequate and not good enough. And over what, over three decades of being sober now, I'm constantly on the journey of understanding, learning, healing, and living. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love it. I love ending on that positive note too, because there's, Um, you know, there, there's a lot there and, uh, seems like suicide and, uh, and, and just to be blunt death have came up a lot lately, um, in, in the last year, uh, for, for my family, um, and just, you know, friends and family and stuff. And then also just, just outward too. I I hear a lot of people talking about it, you know, uh, uh, particularly suicide too. And that, that's something that sounds like was a big part of your story, even growing up, um, do you uh do you think that just being the times that we're in right now um people are are more generally finding themselves isolated and depressed and having those kinds of thoughts just with the pressure of kind of everything that's happening in the world today? It's a good question, brother. I yes, there's a lot of stressors that are out there, but I think we've been stressed since mankind's been out there. I mean, even from the get-go, stressed about where we're going to find our next meal or lodging or whatever. I, at 57 years old, my level of sobriety is just getting me back to basics of being healthy, being grateful, being humble, uh, empathetic to those that are hurting and then living my best life and service. That's really what it's all about right now. And that helps you to to answer the question. I believe it, it helps me and other people like us to cope with life stressors more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it definitely feels heavy at times, but, um, I feel like too, just, you know, and some of the things that we learn in recovery, just gratitude, you know, number one, and I know maybe somehow gratitude kind of sounds even cheesy almost, or it could be cliche. Like I get that part of it. Um, but you know, I always go back to like, there's nothing more powerful than a good old fashioned gratitude list. Like, what are you grateful for? Cause it's always easy to focus on the crap that is, you know, that we're going through or what's not going our way or what we don't have or what we didn't get. 
Um, that's, that's easy to have that stuff, but to really take a step back and look at like, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't going my way right now. There's a lot of things, um, you know, that I've been blessed with right now. And let me focus on those and hopefully that will help get me out of, or at least get through, um, you know, some of the difficult times that, that I'm going through right now. Um, do you, do you like that mindset? Do you have like a, that, that PMA, that positive mental attitude? You, you really seem like the type of guy who carries that well. I, I love that. And when you, when you talk about gratitude, a lot of people will talk about things. Yeah. So here's, as yeah. I'm talking to you right now, I'm grateful for two things that I can see and that I can hear. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Because by doing that, yeah. somebody's going to benefit from our conversation today. That those are, that's what being grateful is, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, so when, so when, when for you, did it start to like, take us back to as far as like the addiction piece of your story? Um, you know, what, what did that look like for you? Did you start drinking at a young age? Like, did that kind of evolve as you got a little bit older or what did that look like? You know, I, and I, when I do speaking engagements for kids, I talk about peer pressure and I was a kid that was not peer pressured at all. Mm. My curiosity got the better of me. I was uh, 13 years old and was at a party. I knew drinking was bad. I knew I was emotionally hurting. I was thankful that I was playing hockey and kind of had that as my outlet for a possible saving grace to get me somewhere. But I, I knew I just didn't, quote, feel right emotionally. And that's back to the trauma I talked about earlier. I just wanted to see what beer tasted like. And I took a couple sips of beer. I realized it tasted like crap. Um, <laughs> still did during my addiction. Um, and I... But here's what happened. And I, God, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I knew I made a bad choice and I was willing to make that choice and I kept exploring it. Now, here's where the genetics kick in. I'm not a disease guy. I do not think addiction is a disease. It's a choice. But when you are genetically predisposed, like I assume you and I both are, I know I am, I assume yeah. you are as well. Here's where it escalated. The second time I ever drank, it was an entire bottle of Jack Daniels and I took two hits of speed with it. Um, so it was like that for the next 13 years. Wow. And just to make it, give you a highlight reel, I did it all and as much as I can do of it and had all the problems that come along with it. That was my drug addiction for 13 years. And yeah. to answer your, your question directly, I knew the second time I drank, I was in trouble. I knew it, but I didn't care because I didn't have self-worth at that point. And my first time of gaining self-esteem is when I got my third drunk driving charge in April of 1993 and I quit drinking. That was the first step to get some self-esteem. And by staying sober all these years, I'm constantly improving on that self-worth. Oh man, I love that. Dang, a, a bottle of Jack and, and some speed, huh? Just kicking it off, going all in right off the bat. <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, why not? Right. Yeah. But it's, and I love, and I do endorse laughter. I do not take addiction lightly, but at some point we do have to laugh at the absurdity of this stuff as yeah. we understand the severity of it. And it's like, I'm 14 years old you know, pounding a fifth of Jack the first time I drank, I, I, gratefully I didn't die, but I didn't learn the lesson. 
I did it again the next weekend and the next weekend. And you know, the whole story that comes along with it. It's a never, it doesn't work, man. It just doesn't work. Yeah. I love, um, I love you. You brought up self-esteem. Um, and you know, I, well, number one, I think back when I, when I was in treatment back in 2013, I st- I'll still never forget this. It was always a group session. I had a counselor in there named James. James was hilarious, kind of an old hippie dude. And, um, and he would say, how do we do, or how do we build self-esteem? And everyone would say, by doing esteemable acts, <laughs> would kind of say it together. And I always think about that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's real simple. It works. Uh, but self-esteem, confidence, security, uh, man, that's a big one for a lot of people. And I know for myself, you know, growing up, I was my own worst critic, my own worst enemy. Nobody was harder on myself than me. My confidence was, it was, it was low sometimes, you know, I didn't have a lot of that. And it's taken a lot of time, you know, over the years and particularly these last 10 years since I got sober to kind of work on that and start building it up. And it's, it's much better today than it's ever been, uh, but it's still a work in progress. Um, and I have to check myself a lot of times and go, okay, wait, is, is this personal to you or like what, you know, what's the deal? Um, so what, what, do you, what's your take on self-esteem and confidence and just being, being valued, you know, without, without trying to have to prove ourselves, I guess, at the same time. That's a great question. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, hockey was my saving grace. I was, you know, I played goalie, I guess you could say I was, uh, given the, uh, God's grace to be able to stop little black biscuits, if you will. And it's interesting because it is the only thing that gave me confidence, but because of the lack of confidence I had in my choice to use drugs, I eventually pissed that hockey thing away. Mm. And I can, I can honestly say that you show me someone who's battling addiction. I'll show you someone that doesn't like themselves Mm. And when you show me somebody who has made a choice to stop using drugs, I'll show you somebody that has given themselves an opportunity to like themselves. Mm, that's good. And that's an interesting process. Yeah. One that I'm still on to this day. And it's actually, and Shane, I'll bring up the corporate world. Even in my sobriety, I got into the corporate world because I was always told, hey, you got a great personality. You'll be an awesome salesman. And because I lacked self, I just followed what somebody told me I should do. Mm. And I realized in that world, I was so not confident. And my screen is getting jacked up here, dude. That's where it's going to go haywire. Damn. Um, well, that's a... Hang on a minute. Yeah, I, at least you can still hear me, but... Yeah, uh, we have audio, so definitely good there. You, I'll tell you what. Could I hang up and call you back? Absolutely. Or is that going to ruin things? No, no, I'm just going to keep rolling. I can, I can chop that later on. No big deal. Okay, I'll call you right back. It should fix it. I'll okay. call you right back. Yep, perfect. Sorry, buddy. All right, so while we're waiting for Todd to give us a call back here, I mean, you got to love the tech stuff too, guys. Like, I, you know, and and I'll say if you check out, I need to put the Rumble channel and the YouTube channel in the, in the show notes here because we're going to start uploading video. And so... Bear with us with the tech stuff. Let's see. Todd's coming back on right now. Okay. So let me just make sure we're connected here. Todd, I believe. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Good to go. That looks better. Okay. So you were talking about the the corporate corporate space. Yeah. So in the corporate world, I, I battled, I've struggled with my own suicidal ideation, actually more so in sobriety than in, um, 
uh, addiction. And this is where I started to realize it. When I was sober and started calling on physicians, I felt so inadequate. It brought all the feelings back prior to addiction that I felt as a kid. And I'm like, this is wrong, man. I got to fix this. And when I formed Racing for Recovery, the money went away that I was making in the pharmaceutical industry, which put a strain on my my family and so forth. However, I found myself. And when I say I found myself, I found my life's purpose. And that has what helped has helped me over the course of since 2001 with forming Racing for Recovery to real feely good about what I was doing with my yeah. life and service to other people. Yeah, I, I love that. And there's there's nothing better and more powerful and more for, more fulfilling um, when we feel like we have purpose and uh and I could hear someone out there maybe listening to this right now going, well, how the hell do I find my purpose? <laughs> so like what, like how, how do we find our purpose? Like how do we, how do we, um, you know, may, maybe there's a guy out there right now. And, and I only say this because I was that guy at one point I was doing drywall, which no disrespect, hard work. Like I, I worked my butt off in the union and I was traveling a lot, but I knew, you know, I was making decent money at the time in my mid twenties, but like I knew that, um, and I could feel that God had something more for my life. Like I could yeah. feel that this this wasn't my destiny to sand ceilings eight hours a day, you know, from one unit to the next. And uh, I knew there was something more, but I just didn't know where to go. So do you have any advice or thoughts on that in from, you know, your own point of view? Dude, I love talking to you because we're not doing the damn war stories of addiction. Mm. We're talking about oh, some yeah. real stuff here, yeah. man, you know? Good, man. So... <laughs> When I'm training for Ironmans, you know, I got into Ironman in, what, 99, and I, you run against traffic, right? So I'll go out for a blast in the morning, running down the street, and I would watch all these cars passing me the other direction, and these people driving, and they're mad, Ugh. you know, they're frustrated, and I'm like, man, you guys are rushing to a job that you hate to achieve somebody else's goals, and they're they're looking at me like I'm crazy, and I'm looking at them like you got to get some of what I have. And it's not just about running; <laughs> it's the mindset. So, yeah. to answer your question directly, to build self esteem, we ha- or our life's purpose, we have to figure out what our life's purpose is not, and mm. it's not to be addicted. That's how you set the stage to find out what your per- what your life's purpose is. And the short of it is do what you want and the money will follow. Mm. If you're chasing money in a job that you hate, you're going the wrong way. You know, and like I said, and I've done it twice, I've left significant cash on the table in jobs that I hated to start racing for recovery with no money. And eventually the money has came, has come into my life. So the best thing I can say to somebody out there who's using drugs is to stop get clinical help as to why you're choosing to do drugs to cope and then let your life's purpose find you and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I love that. And it, I think when, when you're saying that, and I, you, you mentioned something about it, I think a few minutes ago too, um, about getting to know ourselves, our authentic self, you know, and I have a, a buddy of mine who's going through some stuff right now. And I think he's got, I don't know, a, a hundred days, over a hundred days, you know, um, alcohol free and making some changes and stuff. And and we kind of talked about that the other day and he said something to me. He said, well, you know, 
um, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a guy who feels or whatever or whatever. And, and I kind of stopped for a second and I said, yeah, but let me tell you, bro. Yeah, you are. You are somebody who feels, you are somebody who, um, cares, who can get emotional. You know what I mean? We don't have to be the, um, you know, we don't have to wear everything, you know, but you're just newly exploring that. And it's exciting in that process, trying to find who we are, what our purpose is back to that point. Um, so I, I love to hear, um, especially when friends actually start to explore that and it, because it's a whole, a whole new world opens up from that new perspective. Yeah. And then we can kind of go on our way and we go, man, I really think I like to do this or that, or you know, any number of things. Um, well, can, so let me, God, I love talking to you, dude. It's interesting because the two things in my childhood, sports and music. Oh, dude, we're like on the same. We're on, that's, that's exactly course, the same. Crazy, man. Yeah, I love right. it. Sports and music were my coping skills as a kid. They were still <clears throat> things that I did in my addiction, obviously physically not as well as I did in my sobriety, but I went back to them. So when I got sober, I, I picked up my hockey thing again after not playing. I kind of answered my own questions in that. And then I thought, well, what, what else could I do? And that's when I found the Iron Man, which ironically mm. was introduced to me in my addiction. And the enormity of the Iron Man led me to pick up my passion for physical fitness. And by doing Iron Man, eight years into my sobriety, our local newspaper ran a story about me. That story resonated with our community. And thus I formed racing for recovery and I've been doing it ever since. So oh, if people can start making the connection of that quick story, I went back to what I enjoyed prior to addiction. I picked it back up. I, I did it because of no money. I just did it because I enjoyed it. And it led to this whole thing with racing for recovery. So my life has come full circle and our yeah. actual building here is an extension of my bedroom. It's full of posters of rock people and athletes because that's what I aspired to be when I was a kid. And in essence, I become a part of that in my sobriety. And now it's in service to help other people do the same. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's unreal, so man. yeah, you 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 know, you you found your your purpose, your direction, like all that. And I want to, so I want to get into racing for recovery and really talk about some fitness and stuff too. But I got to ask, is that a Motley Crue album behind you to your left? I think it's to your left. Dude, is that the Dr. Feelgood? What? I can see it kind of side and I'm like, I think that's a Motley Crue album. That's awesome. Well, Love it. I got to do this. So check this out. We're in my office. So right oh, there, nice. you can see my son and I with Motley Crue right there. Um, I'll walk you around a little bit here. Sorry. I see. Yeah, right in the There's middle. There's a okay. uh, signed, signed guitar from Motley Crue. And then here's one more. I think you can see that. Me with Nikki Six right there. Can you see that? Here. <laughs> yeah, there you Let's go. Now I see. I'm just getting a little feedback so, on, on my end because I think my, my uh, audio is coming through your, your speakers there. I think that's what it was. Sorry about that, but that's, that's right. just the, and look, here's my point with this stuff, right? I never in a million years thought I'd be standing, having a sober conversation with Nikki Six with my son. 
That's yeah. just another benefit of being sober, right? And that's that's part of what I always try and get my point across. It's the racing for recovery slogan. With sobriety, anything is possible. You can get your family back. You can start a family. You can get educated. You can be physically fit, emotionally fit, spiritually fit. You can yeah. do anything when you quit doing drugs. Amen to that. Yeah, we, we don't we don't have to numb. We don't have to escape. We can actually sit and live in reality. We could feel, um, you know, I was singing the other day, like I, we've been dealing with some deaths lately with some some people that we love. And, um, you know, I, it's as shitty as it is some days, you know, in the feeling aspect, like I'm grateful that I get to feel today. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes because I, I always say this and I've said it hundreds of times and I probably always say it like, I didn't have the biggest problem or I had a big problem with alcohol and then drugs came into that too. But really the problem was like feeling stuff. Like I just didn't want to, I didn't know how to, I didn't know who I was all that layers and layers and layers, you know, in over 17 years of using that stuff to kind of cope with life. And just to your point, you don't have to drink, you don't have to do drugs. And when you stop that, you start to connect to your reality. You start to connect to God, to your higher power. You start to find out who you are and you can kind of move forward and start down that new path, you know, and there's lots yeah. of different resources and things that we can do. And I think this brings me into this next part here. You know, we we're, we're talking about emotional sobriety, spiritual sobriety, physical sobriety. So I kind of want to start there with the physical sobriety fitness. Like how's that yeah. been a big part for you? Um, I know it's been huge for me in, you know, in my recovery, um, any, any thoughts, advice, sharing experience on how fitness kind of works for you into your, your daily lifestyle. Fitness of what anybody wants to do, not only will enhance your life at times it can save your life. And I'm saying that with a conviction of 150%. Um, yes, I've done 113 Ironman events. Damn. It's not about the Ironman. I, today I ran four miles. If you got up and walked 50 feet, good job. If you ran 10 miles, awesome. If you lifted some weights, fantastic. It's not about comparing to what anybody else is doing or diminishing whatever amount you're doing. It's doing it for the health and mental benefits of it. Health, um, ment when I say health, I'm talking mentally and emotionally. Mm. People feel better when they move. It's a natural endorphin release. It's a true, dare I use the word high, but it's a great feeling just to get the body to move. We are people who need to move yeah. and we become yeah. a society that is a sedentary lifestyle that is destroying people. So the physical component, again, whatever you wanna do at your level, I highly encourage people to do it first thing in the morning to embrace the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the morning, the morning workout, the morning walk. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of people might feel a lot of pressure in that maybe they haven't worked out or done anything in a while. They've just been working. They've been doing the grind. They're trying to stay sober. Um, would you, would you agree that even just like starting to walk is a great place to start? Take your dog for a walk. Or if you don't have a dog, just go on a walk, walk a mile a night after dinner, helps your food digest, helps kind of sit and where, you know, where you're at in that space. You can think a little bit, you can pray, you can meditate, or you can just walk, you know, you can just enjoy moving your body. I hope I wholeheartedly concur with that too. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. We were talking about the, the, um, 
physical stuff and being grateful. I can't tell you how many times I've done an Ironman and seen a competitor who's missing a limb. Mm. Okay. You know, and I, wow. you see, you, you talk about, you know, I, I remember doing Ironman Hawaii a couple of years ago and seeing a guy out there with one leg and I'm, you know, wow. trudging along and it's kind of like, oh my God, why am I doing this? My legs hurt or whatever. And I'm, I see this guy and I'm like, wait a minute, man, I'm grateful that both of my knees hurt right now. This dude has one and it, it right. And it brings it back to gratitude. Yeah. Being commit, committed to staying sober, being committed to train for and compete in an Ironman, and then looking at it with the whole purpose. I'm grateful I'm out here just doing this stuff. Yeah, I love that, man. That, you know, I can't remember where I heard or read this, but it's like, just like, have you ever just stopped and quit bitching and just been grateful that you have legs <laughs> and you can walk? Like, just to start there, you know what I mean? And so, like, yeah. That's right. po that's powerful stuff, you know, like to your point of the, you know, the, the dude who's doing a, a freaking triathlon or a marathon with one leg, like, are you kidding me? And, you know, like we're, we're blessed to have our limbs and just the, like you said, seeing, hearing. Um, so we can start there and start putting some of those things in perspective and help take away that focus of the negative, which I feel, you know, can be very, very powerful sometimes. I agree. Let me, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, I'm, please. You know, talking a lot about myself here, but do you know somebody who's unfortunately gotten involved in drugs and they're, they're gone mentally. It's just not there anymore. Do you, if you, you've got it right. Absolutely. Just that aspect, right? Yep. The fact that we can still put some sentences together and carry on a conversation that's a gift in of itself. Yeah. And then it comes back to if, if we've been given this gift of being sober, what are we going to do with it that not only enhances our lives, but how does that carry over to service? You're doing an awesome podcast. Yeah. Good on you. You know, that that to me is really applying gratitude into what we should be doing with gratitude. It's to give it away. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, it's, what do they say? It's, you got, to keep it, you got to give it away. That's the old school yeah. <laughs> kind of cliche yeah. one, but it's so true. You know, it, it really is. Um, all right. So we, we, we talked about some, some general fitness, some walks and, uh, you know, just how do we get started? Let's kind of switch over to, um, you know, the psychotic, crazy, insane dudes like, uh, you know, us and a lot of other dudes out there who listen to this, who want to push themselves till they puke. Um, I've had a couple of those days where I've, maybe it was a mood or something and I'm just going and I'm like, I'm not going to stop till I die. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm drenched in sweat. I'm going, I'm just, I'm going to either puke or fall over right now. And I don't care. And I think it does go back to some of that. Like that's a high in a sense, you know, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I love to say it at the same time. It's much better than pounding bottles of vodka and doing drugs. So I'll, I'll stick with that, but I need that sometimes, you know? And so yeah. what is your take on that? You've done 113 marathons. I think you said, or triathlons, like that's insane. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I'm always honest with what I share. I, I have been, I'm, I'm not addicted to Ironman. Yes. I've done 111 of them, but if you take a hundred and or 113 of them, if you take those Ironmans and you compare it to the days I've been sober, that's not an addiction. That's just mm. some things I've done 113 times. Right. But I have been 
uh, overly active in them because it's been a great marketing tool to help me market racing for recovery. But yeah. one of the things that I have found yeah. with doing these crazy things is I've seen different cultures. I've learned, um, I've met some amazing people. Um, I have experienced things that I didn't even see in textbooks when I was in school. It's uh, shown me the world that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm. And one of the things I've realized is, back to gratitude, grateful that a body works, but also understanding the science behind physical fitness. And I have found the further you go, the bigger the rush. And I'm always into the rush. I want to feel good, but I've learned to push myself, but not hurt myself. Mm, and that, that was good. a process to learn as well. You know, cause I'm 57. I want to keep doing these, but you learn, maybe you can't do them as effectively as you did before, but you can still get to the finish line. And that's, what's important. Yeah. I guess I'm slowing down as I get older, but, um, the further you go, the further you go academically, the more you know. The further you go spiritually, the more at peace you're going to be. And the further you go physically, in my case, I found that it's a it's a it's a longer lasting rush. It's a it's a different rush. It's um, more time to think when I'm out there, and those are the benefits of doing the longer stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. So so tell tell us more about uh, racing for recovery. Like what, so someone out there who's never heard it or, or seen it or knows anything about it. Um, you know, what's the platform? Do you guys host races? Can people sign up for stuff? Do they join a community? Like, what does that look like? I, I appreciate this question. So I'll tell you what racing for recovery is not. It's not an Ironman organization where you yeah. have to run marathons to be sober. That's not what racing Got for it. recovery is. However, we do encourage, obviously, the physical component of a balanced, holistic lifestyle. So Racing for Recovery got started because after I was in the newspaper article, people were calling me and they said, do you have something available that's not the traditional way of doing things? Mm. Now, here's where I'm not um, downgrading the traditional formats. I'm actually thankful for them because I got my start there. But I looked at some of the things that I was missing. I wanted to understand why my trauma affected me the way it did. And I, I wanted to not necessarily talk about my addiction in every meeting. I wanted to talk about how I was living, mm. how I was overcoming adversities in my sobriety that can continue to let me live. So I formed Racing for Recovery to do a couple of things. One, to include everybody who's been affected by addiction and one unique support group meeting format. So tonight is our weekly support group meeting. We have family there. We have people battling addiction there. We have the community there. And plus, it's live streamed around the world. We're the first group to do that. Oh, wow. I also went back to school and got a master's degree and licensed as a counselor so I can I and we can provide clinical educational treatment. So Racing for Recovery is a is a fully um, licensed, credentialed, established, experienced or edu uh, excuse me, program that really helps people again understand the impact of trauma, how to help people heal and then allow them a platform to build a balanced, holistic lifestyle that they enjoy mm. living. 
it's a big difference. Like, dude, you know, as well as I do, you go to a traditional meeting and every week Jim is going to tell you how much he drank and how many cars he crashed. <laughs> and I understand that. Yeah. I understand that Jim, I I'm with you, but tell me what else are you doing when you leave this meeting? Are you happy? Yeah. Are you content in your life? Um, are you healing? Are you grateful or are you just go home and, you know, with all due respect, you know, have a couple of cigarettes and some unhealthy food and sit around and watch old reruns of Married with Children. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, man, let's, let's actually do some living. And again, yeah. I'm trying to use some humor, but I got sober to actually live. I didn't get sober to be miserable. Yeah, 100%. That's good. I got sober to live. I love that. What's up, best buddy? You going to school? All right. I love you, dude. Sorry, my son's coming out here. <laughs> um, yeah, you oh, out of here? Come on over here and say hi. This is this is my friend Todd. He does uh, all kinds of cool marathons and sober. This is Cash. <laughs> hi, Todd. Hey, Cash. What's, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. You ready for school or what? You ready for school? I want to go, but I mean. <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah, we went to the Kings right. game last night, so he's got his Kings his Kings jersey on. He's ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Killer. All right, All right buddy. Give me a hug. I love you. Nice right. meeting you, Have a dude. great day. Yeah, Todd said nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too, Todd. All right. See you, bud. Um, right there, dude. Right, right oh, there. Dude. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's it. That's all that matters at yeah. the end of the day. I mean, it. that's that's it, dude. Being a, you know, trying to be the best the best dad I could be. And I suck sometimes. I got to be honest at it because I'm learning as I go, but, um, you know, yeah. I'm going to do the best job I can, you know, and that's, that's the most important thing. It's funny. Like, you know, just to, it's kind of come up. I love this when stuff happens like this organically, I always call it the God shots. Um, but like, you know, for a long time in my, uh, relation to music, as you did, like when I, I can remember the first concert I ever went to was a band heart. With my mom and dad took yeah. me out. I, I was probably like like five or six years old. And I was at the Conquer Pavilion or something. And, and I can remember being so young and watching this band just like blow the door. Like it was just so cool. They had the makeup on and it was totally like, you know, just that whole vibe back then. And I was just a little guy. And I remember going, I want to do that. Like I want to do that one day, you know? And, and, and so when I think about that now, I, my, my love for music, obvious, you know, that was one thing in my sports. I was a big baseball player, but I think what it was back then is that I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to be valued. I wanted yeah. to be, um, I wanted to, uh, have purpose and I wanted to share like my experience and my heart mm -hmm. in order to maybe help people in a sense or entertain them, you know, even in that aspect. And so for a long time, I drank and, you know, I partied and I stuff because I thought that's like what would fulfill my heart, would fulfill my soul as being like that. And it wasn't until even in just the last couple of years, and I'm still working through it, like all of that means nothing to me. Like my purpose here is to serve my family, to serve God and to just be okay right with where I'm at. Because it like the old thing, I look at my feet, God's got me right where I'm supposed to be right now. So it helps to take a lot of that pressure of like, 
having to be seen and heard and like chasing this, you know, this quote unquote dream. I'm living the dream right now, man. You just saw it firsthand. My son coming out here saying, Hey dad, see you later. We went to a game last night. It was amazing. So sorry. I mean, I don't mean to go off on that or whatever, but I, I do no. think it's relevant to kind of what we're chatting about. It is dude. Hold on a minute. I got to show you this. Look at, there's a picture with me and the Wilson sisters. Oh, no way. The, from uh, uh oh wow that is cool man from heart yeah from heart oh right. man oh. yeah dang and, and I remember back during doing That's drugs cool. and seeing them on MTV and I'm like oh my god they're so talented or whatever and then once again having a sober conversation with them you know yeah. I do yeah. I want to bring this up with your son Cash yeah how cool is it that the cycle of addiction mm. has stopped with you and your Amen son's to never going to see his dad right? Yep. hundred percent. It, it is. And you know, and he tells me too, oh dad, I'm going to be sober like you. And, and I, man, that just makes me feel so yeah. good. And I love that. And my, my wife and I both try to set, you know, the best example. And we were taught, I have a 13 year old daughter too. And we were very open about, we talked to them, you know, about that stuff. And um, at the end of the day though, I think it'd be naive for me to think that like, you know, that's a hundred percent confident that he's never going to do that. Like he's his own person and he's going to have to make mm -hmm. his own decisions at some point. But yep. I just hope that, you know, he has the best chance and we've set him, him up, you know, with the best chance for success to make those decisions in, you know, whatever moment that comes. Cause it's going to happen, you know, peer pressure kids like, man, it's tough today. Um, I have, I have three of my three of my four kids work with me at Racing for Recovery. That's oh awesome. no way! Oh man, dude, yeah. that is great. So you have a whole so you got yeah. a whole family business pretty much that you've that you've been able to just build upon and then bring your family. Yeah, in. dude, that is cool. It um, it it's great. And this goes back. We were talking off the air about your podcast, and I was giving you some some flack for being in corporate America <laughs> still, you know. And uh, yeah, here I it. It's come, it, me pursuing racing for recovery, it, it wasn't easy and it's come with a big price um, that I don't want to get into on the show. If somebody reads one of my books, they can figure it out. But, yeah. um, you know, anything worthwhile is not easy. And yeah. when you constantly invest, I'm not going to say sacrifice, when you invest in yourself to pursue your dream, yeah, there's going to be some casualties along the way, but it, it gives you an opportunity to, to really look at yourself and go, how committed am I to really live in my life's purpose? And mm. I can say for me, I answered the call and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I've learned a lot through adversity, didn't yeah. get high over it. I yeah. looked at my faults and tried to improve upon them. I, I listened to what other people were doing and suggested and I'm, you know, I'm still standing. And I'm grateful that I, I stayed the course, man, because I'm talking to you today, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, man. Cong congratulations on that. I know some said congratulations, but like, seriously, like that's, that's pretty dang cool. Like breaking that cycle and then being able to live out your dream, your purpose, and then also involving your, your, your family in it, a family business in something that is meaningful and purposeful. Um, and, and fun too. I'm sure there's a, I mean, it sounds like you guys get to have a lot of fun at the same time. And it's like, what is the point Absolutely. of doing anything if you're not having fun? So, right. I, like I said, I didn't get sober to be miserable. Yeah. I got sober to understand why I was drinking and then learn how to be at peace, mm. not drinking. There's a difference be just being, oh, I'm not using and being miserable. I'm like, dude, 
come yeah. on, man, you're, you, what do you need to turn this uh, up a notch where you really enjoy not using because you're fully living? Mm. Yeah, I love it. Well, we just got a few minutes left, man, and be uh, conscious of time today. I really enjoyed chatting with you, man. I hope we can chat off of, um, you know, off the podcast and, and keep in touch. I'd like to see kind of or learn more about racing for recovery and, and uh, just see what you guys got going on out there. Uh, it sounds interesting. And um, any any last thoughts? Or let, or let me put it like this. Um, for someone out there listening right now who is struggling, maybe they're early on and they're, they're, you know, trying to stay sober, you know, or, uh, maybe they're just going through a hard time right now. Do you have any advice, any thoughts, any encouragement you could leave them with? Yeah. And first of all, I think that's a Raiders hat behind you, right? <laughs> it is. And I got a Niner hat right next to it. It shows my loyalty, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I love Bay area. I, I like the Raiders back in the day, even yep. when they, so I love the Raiders. Um, and I'll use the Raiders as an example. The, the Raiders remind me of toughness and consistency. Mm. They don't always win the Super Bowl, but they're still playing. And I love that, you know. Um, so to the person right now who's, let's say, watching this, who isn't probably in their best state of mind, you're listening to two guys who are just examples of what it's like to not use drugs anymore. Mm. You got two business owners you have two people in service to other people. You have two fathers. You have two guys that can laugh. You have two guys that are willing to learn. That's what sobriety gives you. But you can't get it unless you quit drinking and you stay that way. Going back to what is not working for you will never work. But staying away from it always gives you an opportunity to live the way you deserve to live. Oh, man, that's good. Thank you for that. Um, if, uh, if folks want to reach out to you, um, it, it's, you mentioned a book, you have a couple books. I didn't see that. Um, do you want to, where can folks find the books if they want to read more? Um, and where can they connect with you, Todd? Um, I'm sober Ultraman on Instagram. Uh, check me out there. I answer all my stuff. I don't have somebody answering my messages for me. I will get back to you. Racing for recovery is everywhere. Check out our live stream. Uh, every Thursday night, 6.30 Eastern on our YouTube and Facebook page. I have written five books. There's three documentaries that have been made. I, um, yeah, I'll say this. I have a feature film that's in the works that oh, starts awesome. getting filming in July. Blah, blah, blah. Been there. Have a couple of media things <laughs> out there. Take a look at them. Um, if you can't afford one, I'll send it to you. Uh, most of the stuff is free somewhere online, but, um, yeah, racing for recovery and uh, sober Ultraman on your socials. Love it. I'll, I'll be sure to put all the links from today, uh, all Todd's contacts and uh, racing for recovery.org will be in the show notes as well. Todd, man, this has been great. Um, I hope to, uh, to keep in touch and, uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, man. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm honored, dude. I definitely will be in touch with you, buddy. Yeah. All right. Don't hang up. Okay. Let's do one, one thing real quick. Yeah. Uh, um, thank you for tuning in today. Appreciate you guys. Always uh, share the podcast with a friend. You can connect with us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Uh, once again, we'll put all Todd's links in the show notes. Be sure to reach out to him and connect with him. Peace, love and respect. Keep your blood clean.